What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast. Happy Monday morning. This is CBS Sports' daily NFL podcast. We are taking it right to the Super Bowl. We are going to be live from the Super Bowl. Uh, the lunatic, my lunatic boss, I'm Will Brinson. I'm the host of the show. My lunatic bosses have decided to uh, give me a, I think, a 30-minute window uh, daily at the Super Bowl on Radio Row where we record live in front of a camera. What can go wrong? I mean, nothing goes wrong when we record with John Breach, Ryan Wilson, and Sean Wagner. McGuff, what's up, guys? Happy bro, oh my gosh! Sorry, happy birthday, John Breach. On Sunday, the Bengals won their first playoff game under Martin Lewis, and you turned 37. How's it feel? It feels like I am missing my own birthday party to make this podcast, so it better be good. A lot of pressure on you guys tonight. Mm. Facebook, Ryan, I know you looked at it because you spend a lot of time refreshing John's Facebook page. Facebook made it look like you had your birthday party on Saturday night, and uh, pretty impressed that you were up and at him at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning. Good job by you. I, I, well, let me say real quick. It was actually Friday night. I was downtown Nashville. The bartender knew it was my birthday, said, do you want a mystery drink? And let me just say, if anyone ever asks you if you want a mystery drink, say no. I drank that one drink. felt like I got triple roofie headache for <laughs> the next 24 hours. It was ugly. Hey, John, what was better, your uh, birthday night out in Nashville on Friday night or your bachelor party night out in Nashville where you met your favorite player ever? Well, well, Gronk didn't show up at my birthday party, so I guess the the bachelor party still takes the cake. Sean, what would you say was your favorite? What's what's the worst uh, mystery drink you've ever had? The Cody Parkey? Oh, God. I don't don't, (laughs) – what? How was that? This is just you're just force feeding jokes. That that that, that made no sense. Somebody, all right, all right. Let's, 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 I thought let's, it was funny. I've had some bad drinks in college at, at some frats um, when you can't, you know, when you're 19 and you. Not that I ever drank underage. I mean, oh. when you're 21 and you know you're at a party and you can't really exactly be picky about what you're drinking because you're just kind of taking the free alcohol. So I've had my fair share of. Of some bad drinks when I was of age, of have, course. Have you ever right? Not nineteen at a frat party. No, uh, no. Like, as you just alluded to. Um, have you uh, have you ever ordered a bar mat shot for somebody? Do you know what a bar well, mat? I don't, shot I don't even know what that is. So no. Does anybody on here know what a bar mat shot is? I do know because that is where they take all the junk left over on the oh. bar mat that spills over. They put it in the oh, shot glass disgusting. and they give it to someone. And if you want to see someone throw up, that's 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 what you order them. Instantaneous vomit. That's what you get somebody. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you get you know what? Another good shot if you really want to screw somebody up on their twenty first birthday. Get them a cement mixer. It's where the, you get uh you do it's like an Irish car bomb, but you do it in a way that makes the uh, the milk curdle, and so it get locks up their mouth. It's pretty disgusting. It's good stuff. Um, anyway. That's what I felt like I took on Sunday, uh, really Saturday and Sunday, because if hypothetically I were wagering on these games and I was hoping to win some money on these games and I managed to go 0-4 against the spread and 0-4 against the total, I would be feel like I took a cement mixer to the face. And frankly, that's how I feel right now. So that's pretty exciting. Let's start with Saturday's action. Then you guys can pick on me for the Chargers loss. Uh, somebody on Twitter was like, I hope that Bears guy gets after you. Um, oh really? Yeah, he's like, I, he's like, nice. he he's like, know my name yet though. Come on, I, I was man. surprised. He was like, I hope the Bears fan gets after you on at Pick Six Pod. I was like, tag Sean on there, pal. Um, anyway, um, Saturday's action featured the, t- the, the we have all chalk by the way in the AFC and NFC Championship games, one versus two in both of those. And Saturday was a uh, a requiem for the hot wild card uh, as the the Indianapolis Colts and Andrew Luck, Sean went into Kansas City. And got blown out of the water. 
humiliating effort by the Colts. Andrew Luck looked off. Um, the Chiefs were up big early. They were burying them uh, on offense. The defense showed up for Kansas City. And I think the Colts' only real points that mattered in this game uh, were a blocked punt, which was surprising for Dave Tube, the special teams coach. What are your thoughts on uh, the Chiefs now hosting the first ever AFC Championship game in Kansas City on CBS? Like you, I had a uh, rough week with the picks. This was the only game I did get right, and I don't think I was that surprised about how the Chiefs came out offensively. I think, and you know, we talked about Andy Reid off the bye, and if the Chiefs came out absolutely on fire in this game. I think the thing that scoring touchdowns on their first two series, 17 points on their first three series, um, I think the thing that was surprising is that the Colts came out and it looked like they were playing one of the best defenses in the league when, you know, we were talking about this entire time that the Colts could beat the Chiefs because the Chiefs haven't proven their ability to stop anyone. And Andrew Luck and the Colts offense as a whole was, was awful. And they, I, I, I'm, I'm still a little bit puzzled what happened in the first three quarters because the Colts only points for most of the game until garbage time came, came off a block punt. And I, I, I don't know. Like I, I'm still a little bit puzzled by what happened. Um, the Chiefs pass rush definitely factored in, which is the only skill that they have. Um, but I think, uh, it, it, it's funny. You look at this game. It's not like even Patrick Mahomes posted that incredible of a stat line. Like he averaged 6.8 yards per attempt, had a pass rating below 90. That doesn't happen very often. And it was still a blowout. And after the Chiefs went up big, the Chiefs offense didn't really even do much. It just seemed like they were just punting the ball back to the Colts and the Colts couldn't do anything offensively. So I kind of look at this as more of a failure by the Colts offense than, you know, something that the Chiefs did offensively to blow them away. Oh, real quick, worth noting, two games this season, Patrick Mahomes hasn't thrown a touchdown pass, and this was the second time. Both times the Chiefs have still scored over 30 points. So kind of scary. I don't know how you stop this Chiefs offense. Yeah, also, uh, I think you mentioned this, Sean. Uh, Andrew Luck was sacked three times. He was sacked 18 times all season. So I think that was part of the discombobulation. But I thought Patrick Mahomes actually played really well, and they just sort of put it on cruise control at halftime, sort of the Andy Reid in the playoffs, see if he can lose this game. Uh mindset although it never got close um also i think that patrick mahomes is continuing to prove people that he's a perfect example of why i don't need to be six five because we always talk about arm angles and you know there's a chance Kyler murray might come out that pass he threw to uh travis kelsey <laughs> almost underhand like kent to colby uh, you don't know who that is do you sean no but it was a good okay, pass. you think kent to colby is anyone no <laughs> no <Nope. laughs> What are you talking about, old man? How do you spell that? Remember Dan Quisenberry? Yes. Yeah, so he was a precursor to Dan do you remember? Do you children remember Dan Fogelberg? Do you You're remember going Chicago? three Dan Quisenberry here? My yeah. God, Wilson, my God. That's how old I am. Anyway, he was an underhand pitcher, submarine pitcher, and that's basically what that pass was to Travis Kelsey. And I think that may have been better than that no-look pass he threw against the Ravens. And the point is that you don't have to be 6'5 and be able to throw over people. You have to create those sort of arm angles. And I don't think anyone 6'5 is making that throw anyway. No one except for Patrick Mahomes. And uh, I think that had a lot to do – his ability to move around the pocket, we say every week, has a lot to do with their success. And it also exposed how good that Colts defense has been up to this point. They play cover two, and they play a pretty boring version of it, but they were very, very good at it, except that when you go against a team that scores 30 points a game, it gets incredibly more difficult. And uh, now the question becomes – since uh, your boy Tom Brady and Bill Belichick only have a week to prepare, are they going to be able to pull out all the stops and, and, and stop uh, Patrick Mahomes in uh, Kansas City in potentially cold weather? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, well, before we get there, let me mention Thank you. the Thank biggest. You, Breach. Brian's trying to take this thing off track already. I gotta get to bed and read my book about Dan Quisenberry. So let's talk about let's talk about the Patriots. Well, well, oh, here, here, real quick, real quick. The biggest thing that surprised me in this game, besides the fact that Patrick Mahomes didn't throw any touchdown passes and the Chiefs still put up more than thirty points, was the total meltdown by Adam Vinatieri. I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking about one of the greatest. The greatest kicker in NFL history. He misses a 23-yard field goal. He misses an extra point. And you look in at the, the final score. Well, and Harrison Butker didn't have any problems in the snow. So, you know, it's like, what was the issue here? Yeah, we saw Charles Woodson kind of confused, throwing his hands up. Like, dude, you hit a 45-yard field goal in a blizzard, and you can't hit uh, a 23-yard field goal with four snowflakes on the ground. And here's the thing is that as badly as the Colts Played And I would put the loss almost completely on Andrew Luck. The defense was phenomenal in the second half, kept him in the game. And when the Colts got that touchdown, I think in the fourth quarter, it was 24 to 13. You know, Vinatieri doesn't have that meltdown. We're talking a one score game and and Chiefs fans would, would have been having flashbacks to all those horrible playoff losses. So it was like the two people you didn't think would let the Colts down, Andrew Luck and Adam Vinatieri, were the two that just totally disappeared. So that that was the thing that I don't think anybody saw coming. Um, all, all, well, on the on the luck thing, I'm just curious, and you might you add to this if you want, Ryan. But is there any chance he's hurt? I mean, I, I threw a bunch of passes in the regular season. He looked awful. Like it, it was one of those luck has been great for for so long in the regular season, and I don't tend to think of him as somebody who's affected by the elements because of sort of the way he plays and all of that. But he looked like a dome quarterback out in the weather. Well, they got shut out a few weeks ago by the Jaguars. That sort of came out of nowhere. And we were like, okay, what does this mean? And then they continued their 10-1 and streak until they ran into the bus saw that is the Chiefs defense. What I was going to say to, to Breach is that, first of all, as a kicking aficionado, can you explain why Adam Vinatieri's beard is purple? <laughs> uh, he's trying to be trendy, man. He's got he's got millennial teammates. He's trying to fit in. That's that's how we are with Sean. That's it's just, my it's just so white. It's purple. It's yeah, insane. It is. It's nuts. It looks like a uh, one time I in college I had to dress up like Santa Claus, and they made me dye my beard white and uh, or dye my beard white so that way I would look. It's pretty much. Head. It's pretty much the same reason why Ryan feels the need to put on a beanie before he podcasts. Why? Because I have purple hair. No, no one can see you. You're just trying to fit in. Oh, no. oh I thought you were being like, because you're old and bald. I thought you were like, oh, that's Vinatieri that's is older than me, just for the record. Uh, Vinatieri is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vinatieri is uh, at least as old as your second kid, right? Um, anyway, the, uh, I, I don't know, luck, luck, look, her, I, the, the one takeaway I have from this, and this is sort of a theme for me for the entire weekend, honestly, is that, uh, spoiler alert, coaching matters. And I know Frank Reich is a really, I think he's a really good coach. I think he's done a great job. I think he would be coach of the year, um, you know, if we're just doing the regular season. Andy Reid and Bob Sutton took his pants off and spanked him in front of everybody. I mean, like it was, it got ugly. Don't look, look at me, Sean. It's called, it's a, it's a parenting term. Um, it got ugly and it that was. That will get you arrested. That will get yeah, you arrested. That's right. Um, parenting term my parents use. I don't use that stuff. That's horrible. Um, the, uh, can you get arrested for spanking a kid? Uh, if somebody calls the police on you. Yeah, ask Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Hey, call two four one kids, man. Well, that that's just that's this has gone off the rails. Uh, but but look, I thought that the Chiefs' defense did some stuff that Andrew Luck wasn't ready for. They got pressure on him all day, and then the Chiefs' offense 
you know, just sort of flustered Matt, Matt Eberflus. Like they were, he wasn't, they weren't ready for it. It just felt like the Chiefs were more prepared and that week off really did play into it and they came out hot and I thought that the Colts weren't ready to play in the elements. Mahomes looked yeah. much more comfortable there. Yeah, I thought it was funny because a couple hours before the game when the snow was coming down, I saw a lot of people on Twitter and someone on the pregame show, um, I think it was NBC who had the game, was switching their pick to the Colts because of the elements. Yep. And I just found that really weird. A, the Colts play indoors, so wouldn't it be the Chiefs who are better equipped to deal with the elements? And two, if you're talking about bad weather, I'm going to take the quarterback who has a generational arm strength over the quarterback who couldn't pick up a football a year ago. So I, just, I felt I like it was a little bit of weird logic that the snow is coming down and people were suddenly jumping on the Colts. I think it was because the Colts can run the ball, but the, the Chiefs can run the ball too very clearly with Damian Williams. So um, I just felt like people got swept up in the weather when – if I'm sorry, in playoff football and bad weather, I'm taking the guy with the strong arm every single time. We we pass on the opportunity. If you took the Colts, and everybody did, a Dubin, Jared Dubin or Kali was the only one who took the Chiefs against the spread. If you took the Colts, you 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 didn't take the Chiefs. Yeah, I did. Oh, that you're not. The the, only... You're not. Oh, you're not on the picks page. Whatever, whatever. But but I still took them out of that's, my. Okay, I pick all four games. I right. them. You've taken the Chiefs every game this year. Good job for you. Uh, the uh, no no yeah yeah thank you, you. You, you. You got it right. But the if you took the Colts, you pass them the opportunity to take the better quarterback and the better coach in that game, which in hindsight is is kind of stupid. Um, anything else to add on that before we get to uh, Cowboys? Move to the Cowboys because I was going to segue and say that. Again, coaching matters, and damn it, why did I think the Cowboys – I've hated the Cowboys all year long. Hated them. Thought they were going to egg. Knew Jason Garrett was going to lay an egg at some point. And I don't know if Jason Garrett did, but, man, the way that Sean McVay got this Rams team ready to play against the, the Cowboys on Saturday night in Los Angeles was impressive because – Ryan, I, I thought when you looked at what they did, they averaged 5.7 yards per carry at the end of the day. At one point, it was over 7 yards per carry as they were dominating that game. And it was because Sean McVay took all this eye candy, like jet sweeps and, and play actions and, and motions and all that stuff wrapped up in their basic you know, outside zone runs. And it completely confused and completely perplexed the young Cowboys linebackers. And it allowed for Todd Gurley and MVP candidate C.J. Anderson to uh, both rush for 100 yards. Cowboys allowed 300-yard rushers in the regular season, two to the Rams in one playoff game. Yeah, that's the thing. We were worried about uh, Todd Gurley even playing. He didn't practice uh, in the middle of the week. Didn't matter. He just rolled. Literally, you roll C.J. Anderson out there, and he's just – Rolling a strike through the middle of that defense, which is weird because that defense, I think, ranked fourth in DVOA against the run. I think fifth, fifth, but yeah. And they got absolutely destroyed. And I will say this. Jason Garrett's a terrible coach, but he went for it on four fourth downs, I believe. Four, yep. And got, got, got three of them. Yeah. The one he didn't get was a terrible call. He just ran Zeke up the middle. But uh, several other times he had Dak run one outside, which made a ton of sense. He had another one where Zeke ran outside. That made a ton of sense. The one time he made a mistake, three out of four ain't bad for, for – uh for fourth down conversions, he messed up at the end. I know people were whinging about the up uh, trailing sixteen in the middle of the fourth quarter. Is that the conversation we were having yesterday on Saturday? I think so. Uh, they were down. They were down. The Cowboys were down fifteen. Fifteen. And they, they, and they scored, scored a touchdown, was, and he kicked right. instead of going for two. Exactly. And I, I understand that argument, and that's a fine argument. But given how far Jason Garrett has come since even like mid October, I think that that's an improvement. Again, I wouldn't have want him as my coach. If I were a GM, I wouldn't hire him. 
But he has come a long way because earlier in the year he would have punted in every one of those fourth down situations, I feel like. And um, he probably wouldn't even kick the extra point in that fourth quarter touchdown if he'd scored that in September. So the better team won. I thought that the Cowboys wouldn't have a chance to take a stop Todd Gurley, but we didn't account for C.J. Anderson. Robert Woods continues to be the best player. Me and Troy Aikman are on the same page about that, apparently. <laughs> and um, I don't know. People were talking about this after the game. Are the Cowboys going to be the team to beat for the next few years in the NFC East or at least battle the, the Eagles? I don't I don't know because last year they were terrible. So I think this was their best chance. Uh, I will say this. I'll get ahead of this. I think they should trade for Antonio Brown because I would love to see him in Dallas with Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott. Hmm. Um, they don't have a first round pick. That's sort of a problem. They traded for a second rounder. I guarantee you that the Steelers will listen. You think so? The Steelers would take a second rounder for Amari Cooper? I mean, for, uh, for, even Antonio, a first Brown? Rounder for Antonio Brown. He's 30 years old and he's a malcontent. God, man, you are such, like, Steelers fans are like, listen, you give me a six round pick and a, and a Philip Rivers doll and, and a, Phil, a Philip Rivers doll and half off a cheeseburger coupon, a half off a, uh, Primandy Brothers sandwich and I'll, I'll make the deal. I, I, I thought that, look, the, I don't, I, I, Jason Garrett is a weird, it's a weird situation. It's a nightmare if you're a Cowboys fan, John, because they have to extend him. I mean, like you, ha- I mean, like, right? You can't, you have to. He just won the division title for the second time in three years. He won a playoff game. He went and at least competed with the Rams. I, knowing where Jerry Jones sits, Ryan's making, I can't, how do you describe what you're doing? The double, double hands, um, double hands motioning back and forth. The, uh, but the, um, what's that? That's an exercise. What is that? Yeah, what sh- that double, mean? double shake weights, John, shake, double shake, shake weights. Yeah, okay. Uh, anyway, John, I, as you, what do you think? Should they extend Jason Garrett? Should they pay Dak? Should they pay Amari Cooper? What do you do this offseason if you're the Cowboys? All right. Here's how I see it. As someone who, uh, was unfortunately born a Bengals fan. And it, it, to me, this reminds me of the Marvin Lewis situation where, mm. You have peaked. It became pretty clear probably 2013, 14, 15 that Marvin Lewis is not going to win a Super Bowl for you, but he's good enough to get you to the playoffs. That's your ceiling. And that's where I feel like the Cowboys are with Jason Garrett. I do not think they can win a Super Bowl with Jason Garrett. I think they absolutely can make the postseason uh, once every two or three years, maybe divisional round, but it just feels like that's their ceiling. So I think you extend Amari Cooper, absolutely. And the question is, if you get rid of Garrett, you know, who do you bring in? You don't want to have a Detroit Lions situation. You know, this is the Dallas Cowboys. Lions get rid of Caldwell, bring in Matt Patricia. He ends up being way worse than Caldwell was last year. If you get rid of Jason Garrett, bring someone in, and they have a losing record next year, I mean, all hell is going to break loose in Dallas. So that's the risk that you take. Jerry Jones knows that risk. He loves the safety net that Jason Garrett provides and that he knows Jason Garrett's always going to win eight, nine, 10, 11, maybe 12 games. You know, he's not going to go three and 13. So uh, it, it, if you're happy just going to the playoffs and not winning the Super Bowl, then you keep the status quo. And I think that's what uh, our boy JJ will do. Him and him and Jason will hammer out that contract on that $250 million yacht while drinking champagne or and, and, Johnny Walker and laughing it up. Or Johnny Walker. Definitely Johnny Walker. So I, I do think they're going to extend him. And uh, sorry, Cowboys fans, just have to deal with it. The Cowboys went four and twelve in twenty fifteen. By the way, yeah, that, that was Romo's injury. I mean, that was a weird year. I don't think they won thirteen the year after. So there you go. Um, Sean, uh, what was your big takeaway? Your big milk takeaway of uh, of the week from that Rams performance? 
Um, I I think the game was won up front by the Rams on both sides of the ball, and I think the way that they did it was surprising, and it certainly went against everything that we saw for 17 weeks in the regular season. I thought – I didn't know if the Cowboys would win. I, I seriously thought they would cover, and it would be closer than eight points because – if you look at this game, look, Cowboys' strength is running the ball, and the Rams were something like 28th in DVOA at stopping the run. I think they were dead last in yards allowed per carry. So I really was really surprised to see Zeke Elliott average 2.3 yards per carry and get 47 yards on the ground. And then you look at the other end of the ball, the Cowboys we talked about are really good at stopping the run, and I think they were like 4th or 5th in DVOA against the run, and they allow 5.7 yards per carry. So I think um, you were talking about how a theme of this weekend is coaching matters, which I absolutely agree with. But I think another thing is offensive lines and defensive lines also won this week. And I think we talked about with Andrew Luck getting sacked three times after getting sacked 18 times all all year long. And I think the Rams um, completely won up front. And the Rams defense hasn't been good all season long. But when they when they signed Sue and you know paired him with Donald, we talked about how oh my god the dream team and you know they don't really have a weakness. And I think we saw. Uh, that defensive front really, you know, was everything that the Rams thought it was going to be when they signed Sue. And that fourth down that did fail crucially late in the game, Sue blew that play up completely. And we haven't talked about Sue all season long, but I think it shows he's still really good, even if he's not making those flashy plays that, you know, he once was doing. Yeah, and the Sa- the Rams would be an interesting matchup, too, for the uh, for the Saints. The Rams are all motivated. You heard uh, there was discussion. Andrew Whitworth was pumped up. Um, ticked off like at, at multiple pundits ignoring the fact that the Rams offensive line has been one of the best units all week uh and then you know they heard chatter from Cowboys players about uh stealing Jared Goff's soul and this actually happened I don't know if you guys saw the post game interview with Jared Goff but here uh here's what happened when uh, one Aqib Talib came running up uh, that was Jared Goff pointing out that Aqib Tlaib is right. And, of course, I will have to go back and uh, bleep out that. Really, 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 really quick. Yes. I just want to applaud you that you got in, like, a sound. I did it right. I know. I did a sound time. right. It was pretty exciting. Oh my God. All right. It's 2019. I'm sober for 2019. 13 days. And what do you know? I can get a sound Is there any right. concern about Marcus Peters being terrible? Because yeah. he has not had a good year. Well, but this is kind of my point. Like, like look at spinning ahead to the Rams and the Saints. And we'll talk about the Saints in a minute. But, like, Marcus, I mean, uh, Michael Thomas had a bananas game against the, uh, against the, the, the Eagles, of course. I do wonder how, if, if Wade Phillips might present a matchup problem, um, to, uh, you know, to the, uh, to the Saints, because you can put a keep to leave on, on, on Michael Thomas, maybe double with the safety and then force Drew Brees and other guys to beat you elsewhere. Do you think, uh, Ryan, that the, that the, that the Saints are a good, the Rams defense is a good or bad matchup for the Saints? Well, they got – what was the score when they met in New Orleans? It, was it even closer? 40, 45-35. Okay. There was a huge touchdown late in the game that turned okay. a three-point game. Yeah, into a and um, Nikhil Roby Coleman's played really well, and I think Marcus Peters is probably – he's better than, Ty, than uh, Ty Hill. So he's the third cornerback on that team, but they're not playing him like a number three. So, you know, you just need him to focus because half the time he's not focused. He's out there doing weird things. Uh, by the way, before I forget, the best play of the weekend yeah. was – uh, was it Autry? Who was it? The guy who did the touchdown dance, shaking his. Can you go Autry? 
Yeah, hip thruster next to the official, and he got mad. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. The best play of the weekend. I mean, like, maybe the best play of the season. I don't know whether – I don't he know. He did the hip thruster. He did, like, the two – He part- goes up to the ref and does it. And then he was he was flabbergasted that he got penalized. Yeah, right. For like trying to, For trying to dry hump the official in the middle of a football field. I don't know. I don't know if we're trying to dry hump an official. I don't know what I'm more mad about that, like – that he did it, that like something like that is getting penalized. I'm not mad about that at all. I mean, no, but I mean, like the 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 the, the refs need to settle down and like being prudes about the about the celebrations yeah, and stuff. I mean, but, no, you can runs up to you and starts like hip thrusting in your face. You're you're flagging it every time. Yeah, I mean, he's just like, are you kidding me? He's like, get out of here. He's like, I saw you say something about it on Twitter somewhere. So I thought it was like the Antonio Brown sort of just booty shake in the end zone. Nope. <laughs> yeah, right. Right up on the official. Like, and, the and it wasn't even like a Von Miller situation where he's like 10 yards away and he's like one, two, and then like the Kringleberry thing where he's like thinking about a third pump and does it. And this guy just grinding the ravishing Rick Rude in the official's face. As he's getting blown out. As it he, was yeah, like yeah. he was trying to get the official to throw dollar yes. bills at him. I mean, yeah. that's like how egregious it was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but my um, point was that, uh, so, uh, Marcus Peters wasn't the craziest person on that team on the field at the time, but he does a lot of silly things. He ran to the stands a few weeks ago to yell at a fan, which I actually applauded because the fan amazingly shut up real quick when, <laughs> when Marcus Peters got in his face. But he needs to focus on playing football. And I think you're right. You can put Aqib Tlaib, if he can stay healthy, because he's been going off the field. Uh, he had a concussion, they thought. They checked him for it. He passed. But he's had an ankle injury or a calf injury earlier in the year. Put him on Michael Thomas. You can have Roby Coleman uh, and, and uh, Marcus Peters cover the other two receivers and which pass rush started with Aaron Donald and as uh, Sean pointed out, um uh, and Sue get after it. Ebukon is another guy who sort of came out of nowhere, landed on the scene during that Chiefs game back in week eleven. And I, I think they have a really good chance in, in, in Los Angeles. But one thing, and I don't even know if this is an issue because that game was half Cowboys fans and it didn't seem to matter. So if there's some Saints fans there, I don't even know if the lack of home field advantage really matters. It's gonna be in New Orleans, it's in New Orleans, it's in New Orleans. Oh wait. That's right. It won't matter. Yeah, it won't but matter. The, the next thing I was going to say, which still holds, is that uh, given the way Sean McVay coached up that team and Wade Phillips coached up that team, it'll be an interesting rematch. Yeah, for some reason, I thought that the Rams had gotten the number one seed. I think somebody did too. For not not somebody on here. Somebody, anyway, um, all right, let's move to Sunday, and then we'll circle wait, back. Wait, let me th- let me throw one more thing out sure. there. Is that I thought that the Rams played so well, and C.J. Anderson and Todd Gurley played so well that it kind of overshadowed how not well Jared Goff played. I mean, like, he was great all point. over great the point. place throwing the ball. And so it didn't matter because you have two guys rushing for over a uh, 100 yards, but he barely completed 50% of his passes. And if you go back to that shootout they had with the Chiefs, the 54-51 to 51 game, he's really only played one good game since then. And, I mean, that's a period of six games. You know, the Bears game in the regular season, he threw four picks. The next week he threw a pick with no touchdowns. Uh, and so it's going to be interesting to see him going into New Orleans, dealing with that crowd, because he's barely going to be able to hear Sean McVay talk, you know, because that's what they do. He McVay kind of leads him and talks him to the defense until the walkie-talkie the speaker and his helmet cuts off at the 15-second mark. So, you know, he, if he can't hear that New Orleans, it's going to be uh, fascinating to see what Jared Goff is doing when he's running that offense on his own. Real quick, just a stat for you. Since that Chiefs game, not including Saturday's playoff win, um, but in the five regular season games after that epic win over the Chiefs, Goff completed 59% of his passes. He averaged 6.3 yards per pass. 
and he averaged 1.2 touchdowns and 1.2 interceptions per game. So he has just been flat out bad since that game. And I don't know if he did, to Breach's point, I don't know if he did anything on Saturday tonight. He wasn't awful, but he certainly eh. didn't, you know, look great. He, he looked a lot more like, by the way, he had a 19.1 quarterback rating against the Bears in that four interception game. And Jared Goff generally has been much better at home than he has been on the road. Anyway, uh, let's take a quick break. And then we'll come back and take a look at the Chargers-Patriots game, much to yours truly, much to the chagrin of yours truly. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. To Sunday and the Chargers, who got their faces kicked in. I don't know how to say it any other way. Um, the good news is there wasn't a whole lot of drama in the Brinson household on, on, in, in the second half. My wife lost her. didn't feel fr- like that. By the way, you were texting me. Uh, that was the first half, first of all. That was the first half. You guys are being I, – I want people to know that – Oh, God. Please oh, tell us this. Uh, yeah. No, no, go for it. Just, just say it. Sean and Ryan were being about your nonsense. We're being bullies. I didn't appreciate it. Um, I, I decided to remove myself from a hostile work situation. I closed my slack on my. I'm not. I'm not. Wasn't on on Sunday. I'm watching the games because I'm. A, you know, I work. I like football. Um, care about stuff. But I wasn't. I wasn't live blogging or anything. Closed slack, and all of a sudden I get five texts like, "Oh, you little wiener! You left slack. You're so scared. I go, you can't take it. You think you're a bully. You're not a bully." Sean and Ryan picking on me for okay. nonstop for fifteen minutes. It was inappropriate. You spend. All season long, ragging on all three of us. The moment any of our teams has one little slip up, you you know the Steelers tie their first week, and you're talking about how they're going to finish six and ten, and how the Ravens are winning the division. What you know it ended up working out for you. The Bears <laughs> right. are having a good year. And then Find the lie. One week in the middle of the season where the Bears go from first to last, when all the teams are jumbled, and you can't wait to rub that in my face, even though they're like five and three at the time. And you're not even a Chargers. Fan. Okay, you know what? This you're not. You know the three of us. You know with the Bengals, the Steelers, and the Bears. You know we've been longtime fans. You just like the quarterback that happened to go to your. Is even weirder. Why are you? Why are you? Why are you a Bears fan? 
We're not going to get into that. <laughs> it, it's not because of Jay Cutler. That's the first jersey I ever got. No, no, no. Look, I know, look, I know you grew up under the, the L running above you, you know, the tracks of the L running above you. Hard nosed Chicago, it, real blue collar kid, big Bears fan. Is, so not only have you been spending the entire season <laughs> being wow. the master troll and, you know, just <laughs> relishing in all of our pain, but before the game starts, you change your Twitter picture to you sitting on a couch with Philip Rivers' doll next to you. And I know that picture was taken a week ago when the Chargers beat, beat the Ravens. I was just, I just wanted, I mean, you have to change it right before the game. You are just asking for it at this point. You are number one Philip Rivers fan and you have to stand by that. And what happens before Philip Rivers even touches the ball? As the Patriots are going down the field in the first series, you already sense the doom that's coming, and you log off Slack. You yeah. had, you are the number one Philip Rivers fan, and you couldn't stand there and wait until Philip Rivers even touched the ball. You were already declaring defeat before the Chargers even got the ball. Was I like the Steelers, like the Ravens winning the division? Was I wrong? Was I wrong? wrong? You know what? You got to take it, or at least right. you know have a little bit of faith in your guy. And you know what? The Chargers come back. And they look, let, look, let me tell you something. All right, I've been watching Philip Rivers play football for twenty years. I know how this goes. Okay, he goes into New England. This is none of this game was not Philip Rivers' fault. Again, this goes back to my theme. This is about coaching. And the Chargers, Anthony Lynn, Ken Wisenhunt, and Gus Bradley got their pants pulled down in front of the entire cafeteria while holding a big tray with like a couple of things of soup, so you can't even move. You just stand there in your underwear in front of the whole school. That's what happened to them. Bill Belichick like rode circles around them, laughing at them, destroyed them. Yeah, and Philip Rivers was also terrible. He was very. It was it was domination at every level. Let me let me let me let me finish. Let me finish. On the on the Chargers thing, look, Belichick, Bill Belichick took the ball first. He never receives, and he did so in order to counteract what the Chargers wanted to do, which was to score early and then send Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa loose. The chart, the, the Patriots' offensive line brought the thunder today. They they shut down. Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa, they sent a message early on in the first series. It was a 14-play, seven-minute drive that ended in a Patriots touchdown. I think they converted two or three third downs. It was a casual march down the field, and they sent a message. Now, Phillip Rivers responded and came back and threw a long touchdown pass to a, a wide-open receiver. Could have you know, had a Mike Williams drop. You could sense— Charlie Whitehurst could have made that throw. Yeah, I'm not, but look, on the, on the Rivers thing, here's the problem. The Patriots sat and they, 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 they ran, they ran cover zero the whole time, blitzed tons of dudes, and Ken Wisenhunt never bothered adjusting. Every single time, it was third and seven plus. Bill Rivers is 36 years old. He's seen everything that any team could throw at him. So he has no, he bears no responsibility for getting absolutely demolished. No, I mean, I, I think that he's I, older than Ken Wisenhunt. They should, they should, look, it would have been real nice if they had changed things up. I mean, run a, run a Texas route out of the backfield with Melvin Gordon. Do something. Run a screen. Run a, run a, run an out. I mean, like, run a, run a little swing pass. Something to counteract the blitz. And they didn't do it. They just sat there and like took it on the chin. It was a great coaching job by Brian Fuentes. Or Brian Fuentes, uh, Brian Flores. Excuse me. Who's Brian Fuentes? Great accent though. Uh, Brian Fuentes. Uh, Josh McDaniels did a tremendous job coaching it up. Yeah, Daisy Fuentes, God, legend. And um Sean has no idea who Daisy Fuentes Brian is. Brian Fuentes is an American baseball athlete, according to Wikipedia. Baseball athlete. He played for the Manners. Oh. Does he play for the Rockies? Is Rocky? he related to Dan Quisenberry? No, he's, he's 43 for... years old now. Out but there. He played for a lot of teams. He was the closer for somebody at some point in time. Anyway, uh, maybe the Rockies. See, how many, see, see what his record Yeah, yeah, he played for the Rockies at one there, point. See what his record for most saves in a season is. I mean, it's like, oh, yeah, he, he's he's got some saves. Yeah, 43 maybe for the Rockies one year? 
We'll see how we'll see about that. Oh, oh my God, he had forty eight for the for the um, no you. for the Angels. But he had thirty for the Rockies. Thirty one, thirty twenty. So he was he was their guy for a while. How's, how's my accent now, Ryan? Um, anyway, the um, fun baby. And now he's coaching the Patriots defense. Way to go. <laughs> really moving up in life. But I mean, I, I just thought that it was a statement game for the Patriots and it was very clear that they are a much better team and that coaching matters, especially when they have that extra week to prepare. Am I wrong, Ryan? No, but I don't know if it's a statement game. You're buying into Tom Brady saying that everyone thinks they suck. No one thinks they suck. They had two weeks off and everyone's been saying for a week and a half that when you give Bill Belichick two weeks to prepare, he usually plays really, really well. Uh, so yeah, that's exactly what happened. Phil Rivers Chargers didn't show up, and I'm sure John has some thoughts on this. But they had to travel back, and they traveled eight thousand miles the last seven days. They played another 10 a.m. game, and they didn't play Lamar Jackson in an offense that was coached by Marty Morningweg. And uh, the defense had no answers. And uh, look, when you, here's the other thing: last week we were talking, oh, it's awesome they play seven uh, seven defensive backs, in part because they have their linebackers, and that work, worked really well against Lamar Jackson in that running game. So what did Bill Belichick do, or Josh McDaniels, or whoever you want to give the credit to, Brian Fuentes? They just ran, <laughs> like, eye formation all day long, just ran through people, and you're not going to tackle, um, you know, you're not going to be able to make a tackle when you have a bunch of defensive backs trying to tackle a bunch of uh, five and six, seven fat guys blocking for uh, Sonny Michelle and whoever else was running the ball. By the way, here's uh, you mentioned that Tom Brady had something to say. He did. He, he made it very clear after the game that he was not pleased with everybody writing him off in this interview with NFL and CBS reporter Tracy Wolfson. Game. They're a good team, and uh, we played them earlier this year. You know, I know, you know, everyone thinks we suck and, you know, can't win any games. So we'll see. It'll be fun. Mm, mm. Got <laughs> two in a row in this podcast. Also, strong words from Tom Brady. I mean, uh, it's hard not to take the Patriots plus three. By the way, the Chiefs are minus three, John, in Arrowhead. Standard home field advantage, but the Patriots, uh, just the seventh time they'll be underdogs under Bill Belichick in the playoffs. They're three and three in the previous games, both straight up and against the spread. Those games match up. Um, the first two of the first three, uh, were during that historic original Super Bowl run, and they have been underdogs in two AFC championship games in recent years and lost both straight up. Different team though in Kansas City and different sounding Tom Brady right there, isn't it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. But I'm going to go back to the Chargers game real quick, sure. just because I want to point out that the Chargers gave up more passing yards to running backs than any other team in the NFL this season. So you already mentioned how bad they were on offense and they didn't adjust at all. And they just looked completely foolish. And on defense, this was their Achilles heel. They can't cover running back out of the backfield. And they said, you know what, whoop de do. We're not going to even try to fix that problem. We're going to keep doing what we do. Like, assuming Bill Belichick's not going to totally exploit that. And they just did what they did. You know, like they were sitting back uh, in some zone. They were just letting running backs run wild wherever they wanted. This was the biggest coaching mismatch of this playoff weekend. And, you know, only Anthony wins second playoff game. Hopefully he learned something from this. But, I mean, it was embarrassing. This was an embarrassing loss for them. And uh, on your point about the Patriots and Chiefs, I mean, I don't think the Patriots sucks like Tom Brady is saying, but you have the Patriots are going to be the underdogs. They're going to be able to play that card. The Patriots never get to play that card. They are never the no one believes in us team, but that's what they're going to be. I would say more than, uh, you know, I bet half of us probably pick against them next week, if not more, probably half of most uh, people out there making picks. So, 
No, they don't suck, but I think it's fair that Tom Brady's playing this card right now because they're the underdogs. The uh, the early numbers from theactionnetwork.com, who has a we have a lot of friends over there who write over there and they have numbers. I always reference them on the Picks podcast, but 58% of the bets on the Chiefs, 62% of the money on the Chiefs. That is, of course, very early, but that indicates, and I saw um, a note from uh, the Superbook, from uh, that that the that the money's coming in on the Chiefs like early early money is on the Chiefs people see that Chiefs minus three and want to hammer them understandable I get it by the way the over under in both the championships games fifty seven much lower than the total points scored by those two teams Ryan do you think one thing quickly before we move on I'm not nope, I'm, I'm in that game he had one catch I think who he's, he's who? like a he's an offensive lineman now and they're still well they crush the Chargers we'll see how they do who in Kansas City Gronk. Oh yeah, he's a, no, he was an offensive lineman. Dude, and everyone on Twitter was like Gronk back. No, but he was he blocked his ass off. That's today. my point. He's the best. Well, he was the best tight end in football, and now he's been reduced to uh, literally he's a left tackle. Well, I mean, if you can, if you use Gronk to look, the Patriots did this down the stretch of the 2018 season. They started running the ball with Sony Michelle more. They brought Rex Burkhead back. They were they were clearly trying to get their sort of power run offense going and it looked a little clunky as they closed out the season, but they had an extra week to work on it with the bye and then they come out and dominate a team that's very good against the run. I mean I don't know, like if you if you're using Gronk as that blocker and he can also release and Josh McDaniels that's my point. I mean but he's a he's a threat to get out there and teams are gonna have to worry about covering him a little bit. Like okay, it was him and Travis Kelsey three years ago. Travis Kelsey is three times better than Gronk right I mean, now. Gronk's, I mean, Gronk's the fourth. We went over this in the podcast a few weeks ago. Gronk's the fourth best tight end, and that's just being kind to Gronk. But he can still block his ass off. Do you do you think that the travel for both the Colts and the Chargers? And the Chargers went to Denver in Week 17. Then went back home. Then went to Baltimore. So you're playing two tough defenses. Then went to Baltimore in the wild card round. Then I should probably ask John Breach. I'll ask you this because this is your specialty. Then went back to Los Angeles. Then went back to New England and played another back-to-back 1 p.m. Eastern start time against a team that came to play that was well-rested in the Patriots and that imposed their will. And we had the Colts doing the same sort of thing. Do you think that mattered for those teams, John? Uh, I absolutely do, especially with the Chargers. I mentioned it last week that despite the fact that they were leading the Ravens at halftime, they actually looked pretty bad. They were only up 12 nothing, even though the Ravens uh, tried to give them the game. You know, I was saying that I thought the Chargers should have been up like 31 to nothing, but they didn't look good on offense. They didn't look good on defense. And, you know, the Ravens were just fumbling three times in the first eight plays. They couldn't get out of their own way. And there was no way that was going to happen in New England, and it didn't. So, you know, nothing – and that eventually – catches up to you. And I know a lot of people were saying, hey, the Chargers won on the West Coast. They won like five in a row or something. But those are regular season games. A lot of times you're playing a team that you're better than. In the playoffs, it's evenly matched. So that's where the advantage starts to hurt you. And I'll just throw out these two facts real quick. Since 2002, there have been 13 playoff games where you have a West Coast team playing at 10.05 a.m. on the East Coast. They have been trailing at halftime in 11 of those games. So 11 out of 13 times they were trailing at halftime like the Chargers were today. And same time frame, they've been outscored 237 to 75 in 10 a.m. games. So they just get waxed. West Coast teams, Mountain Time Zone teams get waxed when they're playing at 10.05 a.m. It's ugly. I think it's unfair, and I don't think you should have to do that, especially a team like the Chargers that went 12-4 and and got literally the worst playoff draw possible. Maybe Russell Okung was right, and Roger Goodell does not want them anywhere near the Super Bowl. I mean, don't you think that the the broadcast situation kind of – I mean, 
I'm not narking on CBS here. I mean, it's just the draw there. Um, because it's a CBS game, CBS has the one o'clock window. As a result, you know, the, you know, because the Patriots and the Ravens had the one and the four seed and the Chargers were the five seed, they were ultimately, or the, excuse me, the Patriots had the two seed, two and the four. That's where the, that's where the Chargers were ultimately going to end up going was to the West Coast, I mean, to the East Coast. Are they winning that game if they play at 430 or 530 or yeah. 830? Yeah. They don't. Yeah. No. Um, do you, all right, let's get to the last game real quickly. Maybe the most hey, so, let me ask thing real fast. Sure. Were you embarrassed at all by the end of the game when Philip Rivers was acting out like a three-year-old? No. I mean, have you, have you seen how I act? Yeah. yeah. In, in Slack, I believe, for instance, said something like, stop it, Phil. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, he, he was actually, you know, he's asked about it afterwards. He was throwing right? a temper tantrum. No, no, somebody asked. They were like, do you think, I tweeted, I tweeted out. The question was a little weird. It was like, uh, it was like, do you think you're, um, let me see if I can find it. What was the actual phrase? Was it very, it was said, like, it was said, here's the question. So would it be unfair to say that you showed a lack of composure out there that may have cost his team? That's a great question. What's and wrong Phil, with that? Phil said, you can decide whether that's unfair or not. I know that's not the case in, in, in not at all. I mean, it, look. You gotta Phil, do it in the Phil accent. You didn't even try. Phil, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I, uh, they, no, no, no. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not the case at all. I mean, like, I, no, no, it's not the case at all. I don't, I don't know what you want. Um, Philip Rivers, look, He's got nine kids, okay? Um, he, he doesn't, he doesn't lose his cool. He acts like, he acts like an insane maniac on the field. Um, he's a competitor. Tom Brady does the same stuff and people right, get- let's, let's move on. We don't need it. We don't need You're your, making excuses for yeah. him. Yeah. I mean, look. All, kind of acted that way. Every quarterback's got some crap they do that nobody likes, alright? Brady gets mad at his <laughs> offensive coordinators. What, he gets, what does Brady do? He's- Drew Brees, um, I don't know. He has celebrations for him when he throws five touchdowns. Okay, that's, that's too much. Cutler, your boy. Okay, Please. no, I I am all people and of a defender of quarterback demeanor. I don't I don't care. Big how they Ben, act. I just, I Big Ben. I don't listen to you defend his competitive fire and all this stuff. What is that's Andy, not a problem. That's Andy not a problem Dalton? with me. Andy Dalton, yeah, Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton throws just bad. He, he throws in, bad. Yeah, he throws interceptions in primetime games. That's what he does. Um, See, and Brenton's back. There's yeah. the troll. <laughs> And he's, well, he, did, he did ask. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, look, he he throws a load of coal in his underwear during during playoff games. What do you want? I mean, that's what oh, he does. all right. Sorry, sorry to even bring it up. What's next? Nice? Uh, finally, the actually surprisingly the most competitive game of the weekend was the game with the biggest spread. And of course, Sean had takeaways for it. Wow, wow, wow. Look at Philip Rivers crying. Uh, it was Nick Foles against Drew Brees in the Superdome, and I got to tell you. 20 to 14 was not the score I expected. I had the Saints in the over, of course, and Eagles in the under hit. That's how it's kind of weakened it was for me. Um, there were multiple touchdown passes that Drew Brees threw that could have been scores that ultimately ended up being, uh, either one was an interception and one was tipped and, and incomplete. And I thought the Saints looked like a team that weren't, weren't ready for the, for what I thought would be a blowout victory, Ryan. Yep, no, I agree with you. It was 14 nothing, and you were like, okay. Uh, Drew Brees came out to the interception, and then they had the fumble uh, on the next – I think it was the next series they had the fumble that went back and forth. And you're like, um, well, you guys had a week off. Did you not prepare like Bill Belichick prepared yeah. and Tom Brady prepared? And we started buying in this whole Nick Foles silliness. It's actually not even silliness. He, he didn't play well last week against the best team in the – the best defense in the NFL. They still managed to win. He played a lot better on, on Sunday. And actually had a chance, and we'll let Sean talk about why things didn't work out because that's his, his buddy that made the biggest mistake in mm. in recent Eagles history. Um, 
but yeah, so the 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 Saints just needed a, a few series to get going, and once they got going, once the crowd got into it, that was a wrap. I did think it was funny that uh, Drew Brees wasn't great throwing deep, and they bring in Taysom Hill, who can't. He throws like Tebow half the time, and he threw a laser. That was a touchdown pass to Alvin Kamara. That was called back because uh, I think Andrews Pete had a hold. But uh, all in all, it all came together. We saw how it worked out. I do have concerns given – look, we sort of overlooked the fact that the Saints have struggled over the last month or so offensively and even defensively because defense was lights out early on. And it was like, okay, they'll get it together. They're playing at home. But I think it's going to be an interesting matchup with the Rams because neither team – both teams have issues. And they can get red hot, and we saw that at times in both their divisional games. And they can also get ice cold, and we saw that at times too. So I'm not convinced that uh, the Saints are going to – I don't know if you have to spread in front of you – that they're going to roll all over the Rams. Uh, three, but, Saints, Saints minus three and a half over hmm. under 57. Wow, that's closer than I thought. All right. Yeah, so the Vegas feels the same way. And so the, I, I the, the money by that on the, on the way is split 50, and that, those odds came out, of course, hours later than the, um, than the Chiefs Patriots, uh, did, but it's, uh, 50 50 right now, 51% of the money on the Rams there. I didn't I'll, think. Yes. Go ahead, Rich. Uh, I, well, I'll say real quick on this game, you know, it didn't seem that surprising that the Saints came out slow, and even Drew Brees looked a little rusty. You think about what the Saints have been through. The last few weeks, I know Wilson just mentioned that uh, they've looked kind of off, but also they really, the starters hadn't played in almost a month. You know, the last time we saw them on the field was that Steelers game right before Christmas Eve. They clinched everything. They they clinched home field advantage. They, they didn't really play their starters against the Panthers. Then they had a bye week, and then they're playing today. So you're talking about three weeks of, you know, non-competitive football. We're just out having fun on the practice field and it's hard to simulate a playoff atmosphere and on the flip side you have the eagles who are like do or die watching cody parkey doinking field goals every week they're playing for everything so it it was just two completely different personas to start the first quarter i think once the saints fell down 14 nothing they were like oh crap we're gonna get nick Foles here if uh we don't get our act together and then you know you saw them kind of dominate the game eagles didn't score after the first quarter saints kind of took over so it just felt like they needed a little jolt. What was realize. that a 17-play drive? How long was that drive? 18 plays. 11 minutes and 19 seconds. 90, 92 yards. But if you factor in penalties, it was 22 plays and something over 100 yards. That was um, I, I think we should give credit. We, talking about coaching matters, I think Sean Payton kind of willed the Saints back into this game because it was 14 nothing, and they looked absolutely deaded. Marshawn Lattimore had a really nice interception, and the Saints went three and out. But instead of punting in a situation on his own side of the 50 that I think most on his own On his own 30. Not even on his own side of the 50, like on his own 30. If you don't get that, you're pretty much guaranteeing you're going to be in a three-score hole, whether it's a field goal or, you know, 21 points. And he went for it, and he got it. And then later on that drive, they have a fourth and fourth and goal from the two. I like I think that's a more obvious go-for-it situation, but I, I still think half of the league maybe kicks a field goal with the idea of, oh, you got to get something on the board here. You got you need something to show for. And he went for it, and he called up a beautiful play to get a touchdown pass. And I think I don't I don't I'm I'm pretty like anti momentum really matters. And I think more than momentum, it was just kind of like a wake up call because I think the Saints just looked dead. And I you know I was on the verge of writing about how they you know they wasted that chance with that interception and they punted. And he went for fourth downs twice, and that kind of got the Saints back into the game at 14-7. And, Sean, like you were saying with momentum, the thing with that second fourth down, down at the goal line, the two-yard line, if they don't get that, you just wasted uh, 
an 11 minute drive. So not only do you come away with zero points, but you just ran off an entire quarter of football and shot yourself in the foot. So both of those fourth downs were huge. And I felt like everything Sean just said, they kind of changed the complexion of the game. They said it, it sparked the Saints hitting those two fourth downs and then getting that touchdown. Do we not have the Ray Lewis momentum is real video anymore? I was trying to fire that thing up because that's one of the, you're, all- you're two for two. Don't, don't yeah, push your luck here. Uh, that's, the clip is three minutes too long. It's too long. I can't do that. Um, I can't narrate in that. Do you is remember Sean going to talk about Alshon? Oh uh, yeah. You act like you realize he plays for the Eagles now, right? Like he doesn't play. You're for an Alshon fan. I mean, yeah, I like I like Alshon. I, I don't know. I feel I feel bad for him. I'm not like I'm not like offended that Alshon. Jeffrey. Or should you be? But I thought you might have some thoughts on it as someone who follows. I, 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 I like Alshon. Here I'll yeah, say this: Alshon, Alshon played his ass off in the postseason. He didn't, say he he didn't lose that game. He he was one of the. And if I have to hear one more person talk about Alshon and Nick Foles playing basketball, Jesus Christ, we get it. All right, Nick, I never heard that. What happened? Oh, uh, are you are you are you messing with me? I didn't know his nickname either. Of course, I'm not kidding. BDN. No, Alshon's nickname. Big Daddy Nick. So quickly before you tell that story or don't tell it at all, uh, NFL research, Alshon Jeffries drop to secure the win for the Saints was the first career playoff drop on 35 targets. By the way, he looks so much better with Nick Foles and Carson Wentz really that does. if, if Foles had won that game, I feel like Alshon would definitely would have been one guy who would have wanted, uh, Foles to start over Wentz if Wentz had gotten help. We got, we got lots of time this offseason talking about Foles versus Wentz. So let's, let's hit on these actual matchups a little bit deeper. Um, if you gotta make, if you're making an early pick here, Sean, um, your Chiefs hosting the Patriots. Bill Belichick catching three points over 57. What are your thoughts on this game and this matchup, a rematch of a game that ended 43-40 New England at home over the Chiefs of the regular season? If you would have asked me at the end of the regular season, I would have confidently said the Chiefs, but I don't, I don't want, I hate to agree with you, but in, in a weird way, I kind of feel like that Patriots win was a little bit of a statement and it was a very much don't forget about us. Um, I don't care how sluggish we looked at in the regular season. It's still January. We're still the Patriots. I will still take the Chiefs to win. Uh, I think they have the better quarterback right now. Um, I'm, I, I, I don't think they're going to lay the egg that the Chargers laid. Um, but I'm, I'm not confident about it anymore. And I, I think that the, the Chiefs can't stop the run. Um, they ended the regular season allowing the second most yards per carry. And I think the one thing the Patriots do, funnily enough, as the rest of the league goes away from it, is they can kind of pound the ball now with Sony Michelle. And I think that's what we're going to see. And I wouldn't be surprising if the Patriots try to, you know, execute this game plan where they keep the ball for a long time with these long drives and keep Mahomes off the field. I will still take the Chiefs. I've picked them all year long. The one thing I'll say is that I did pick Saints-Patriots before the beginning of the season for the Super Bowl, so... I don't really like picking the Chiefs here, but I, but I, stop shaking your head. I'm sorry that my two Super Bowl picks are so You gotta high. stick with your picks, Sean. Yeah. Grow some you. BDN. No, no, I'm not saying. Yeah. No, I, L- I LDS. LDS. I'm looking at the two teams right now, I still think the Chiefs are better. You get that, Ryan? Yeah. LDS? Latter Day Saints. This is Latter Day Saints. This is this is too. I'm I'm calling too far on this one. LDS. What? What's the matter? Uh, uh, League division series. You make fun <laughs> oh, of me. No. And you're the one who acts like a or freaking. You might want to beep. I gotta go beep that out now too. Get out of here. You cuss it out of here. This is worse than the time we called Ryan in the hotel room. 
It took 18 weeks, but we finally got Sean to I've lose his pool. I've been so close every week. I always stumble on BS, and I, you know, I always say BS. But. I mark when I'm going to say that, huh? Um, the uh, By the way, Andy Reid, since he arrived in Kansas City, four games against Bill Belichick and the Patriots. He is 2-2 two and two in those games. He is 3-1 and one against the spread. He has never been favored against them. The over is 4-0. and oh. Um, 59 and a half was the over under when they met earlier this year. And three of those games in New England, by the way. Um, of course, just one playoff game. Uh, they had the, uh, you know, they had the, the, the game with Alex Smith in 2016 where they kept it close. Ryan, how do you, what, what do you kind of see in this matchup between the Chiefs and the Patriots? On CBS. Mahomes, baby. I'm not worried about it. Unlike Sean, I'm unequivocally going with the, the Chiefs. BDR. Love it. That's right. Week one last year, 2017 season. They go to the, the Chiefs open in, in New England, get down quickly, and then they blow them out of the water with Alex Smith. The game this year, when you guys call me in the hotel room, that was the Chiefs-Patriots game. And the Chiefs got down. And John actually talked about this last week, how Patrick Mahomes sometimes starts slow, especially on nationally televised games. He seemed fine. Was that you? Yeah, it's me. It's Sorry, that was Brinson. I apologize. Sorry. Usually if something's smart, I imagine John said it, so I just give him credit for that. Is, is it smart, though? Well, Brenton said it. You have to reconsider because you know he took it from someone else. It's road games. No, no, I came up with that one. It was road games. You're you're right. I agree with that. But he didn't. We didn't show. See, he didn't show any signs of that against the Colts. He ain't going to be afraid. Uh, He he seems unafraid of anything. He can throw the ball, any hand, overhand, underhand. Kent Takalvi, Quisenberry style doesn't matter. So I'm all in. Give up on it. By the way, I looked up, I googled submarine pictures. Kent Colvy is a is a black and white photo. What are you trying to pull here? Like in the seventies, I couldn't even find it. It's like it's like having like a um. Oh, what's that movie? He's what's the movie Pittsburgh that? Legend. What's like the greatest movie of all time? The the uh, Rogue One. <laughs> no, you mean uh, uh, the Citizen Kane, right? It's like it's like having a conversation with Sean about Citizen Kane. And by the way, Citizen Kane sucks. Citizen Kane sucks. Why is, why do you might want to watch that? It's you all guys are done be exposed for the. Uninformed frauds that you are when people hear this and that they realize you don't know who Kent Tacolvey is. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the Kent Tacolvey Twitter will be all over us. I can see John just dad knows who Kent Tacolvey is. Yeah, it is. yeah, I'm sure that John's dad does. John's dad is the dad age, like you. Um, the, uh, John, what do you think about, uh, what's your initial thoughts, reactions on Patriots Chiefs? Ratings bonanza? Who does see, who do the CBS suits want to win and, and, and represent in the Super Bowl? And frankly, cause frankly, I'm tired of the Patriots. We talked about this. I don't want the Patriots in the Super Bowl anymore. I don't need to see that. Uh, you know, the funny thing is I think CBS would love, uh, Patriots Saints cause then you have Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. This is a dream, the, dream scenario all around for CBS right now with these four and teams. Then the flip side. Oh yeah. You have the four highest scoring teams. Casual fans love points, so this is exactly what they want to see. And then I think the other Super Bowl that CBS would love is Rams-Chiefs because you have a rematch of a game that ended 54-51 to that was the highest-rated Monday night football in, like, forever. So that's automatically people going to – everybody who watched that game is going to tune in, plus the hundreds of millions more. So I think that thing will get crazy ratings. The thing I'll say about the Patriots-Chiefs game – is that this game's fascinating because of Bill Belichick. You know, Reed and Belichick are both great coaches, but we've seen two of Belichick's best-designed defensive game plans in his coaching career, Super Bowl 25 against the the Bills Giants, Jim Kelly, K-Gun offense. They're just running up and down the field, and everybody, Giants win that game 20-19, hold the Bills to 19 points, and then... Patriots, Rams, greatest show on turf. Patriots are 14-point underdogs. 
hold the Rams to 17 points. They win that game 20 to 17. And, and Belichick kind of did the same thing both times. And it's something I won't be surprised if he does on Sunday is it just kind of gives the other team the run. Like, you know, you put in seven defensive backs, you let them run for four or five yards every team, and you take Patrick Mahomes out of it. You just say, hey, I'm going to give you the run. I'm going to, if you can beat me running the ball, then go ahead and do it. And you get all the first downs and you can run for 250 yards. But I, I think we can outscore you if you're, you know, if the Chiefs offense turns into a one-dimensional running offense, obviously that's good for the Patriots. So it's going to be a crazy game, but I, I'm also leaning Chiefs like these guys. Mm. Um, I will probably take the Patriots to the points on, on first glance. By the way, Andy Reid in four games against the Patriots when he was coaching with the Eagles, and Bill, Bill Belichick was with the Patriots, 0-4 straight up, 2-2 two and two against the spread. I had forgotten that in November of t- 2007, the Patriots were 24.5-point favorites over the Eagles in that run of uh, the undefeated season. And, uh, and, the, and the Eagles almost beat them 31-28. And so, uh, Belichick beat them in a Super Bowl. So and Andy, Andy Reid in the Super Bowl. That is correct. Uh, Andy Reid was a seven-point dog. Beat, he beat Freddie Mitchell, to be fair. But. He beat Donovan, Donovan McNabb's vomit is what he beat. <laughs> um, okay, what about Rams and – I'm not going to the podcast. I know for Sean settled down. What about Rams and Saints, Sean? What do you, uh, where do you lean there when you, when you look at this matchup? Because I, I, I want to like the Rams, but, man, I think now that the Saints kind of got their mojo going, they could get rolling here. But I do worry a little bit that Drew Brees looked old against the Eagles. Yeah, I'm taking the Saints. I mean, look, you guys were just telling me I got to stick with my pick, and I picked the Saints before the season. I also wrote an article about why the Saints were going to win the Super Bowl. Um, so I'm taking the Saints. The reason I'm taking the Saints is because I think Jared Goff for the last month and a half or so has not looked good. And if you're asking me, I mean, this is overly simplistic, but if you're asking me in a game between Drew Brees and Jared Goff that is in New Orleans, I'm going to take Drew Brees every single time. And I think the Saints are good enough defensively to get after Goff. And the Sheldon Rankins injury obviously hurts. Um, by I think Mike Garofolo is reporting that's a torn Achilles, so he's almost definitely not going to be playing the rest of the way. But I think they can... <laughs> not, not playing. That's I know. Good, that's a good call. And let's, we'll ask our lower leg injury expert, Ryan Wilson, about it. But yeah, Ryan, 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 Ryan actually tore... I don't know if you know this. Ryan tore his Achilles uh, sprinting to his computer to tell us that he tore his ACL. Correct. <laughs> he tore his ACL and ran running to the computer, blew out his Achilles. And it's not it's not a four day recovery, Sean. <laughs> I'm guessing Sheldon Rankins. Sheldon Rankins had his leg amputated. I don't think he's going to play this well, week. I was I was leaving it open until the MRI happens um, on Monday. You don't you don't need an MRI for an Achilles. It's you hear a pop, it's over. Okay, you okay. Can, I guess Brinson's our Achilles expert here. Well, anyways, uh, Sean, Sean, Sean. I want you to do something real quick. Reach back behind you and feel your Achilles tendon. Do you feel it? Can you feel it? Do you feel it? I'm touching mine right now. You'll know if it's popped, if it's broken, because it won't be touching. It won't be connected. So there you go. That's that's how you do it. Uh, anyway, you're taking the you're taking the Rams. Taking the Saints. <laughs> I'm gonna swear at you again. <laughs> All right, Ryan. What do you think about this game? Saints. Uh, if this, I think Doug Peterson, um, if they had won this game, would have given Sean McVay uh, a, an evenly matched coaching uh, mm. adversary. Uh, Jason Garrett would not have. But Sean Payton is a very, very good coach. Sean, hey, just, ooh, you know, hot take. Sean Payton is the – I mean, Sean McVay is the worst coach left in the playoffs. Uh, Andy Reid's history might suggest otherwise. Andy Reid's been doing well recently, but there you just hit on all the – No way. Andy Reid's a better coach than Sean McVay. I'm going to tweet that. I'm going to tweet that out. Over, what about over Sean Payton? No, Sean – no. 
There, all mean, the, there was a long period there where the Saints were not good. Hot take. Sean McDermott is the best coach there, in the NFL named Sean. Hot take. That, that's not even Name Sean is clearly the best by all the coaches named Sean. But I think the issue is Sean McVay is going to have to go into New Orleans. It's going to be loud, and even if the Saints start slow, it's not going to be enough to overcome the nerves that Jared Goff will likely have, especially if they're able to slow down Todd Gurley. So the best thing that can happen is they figure out ways to scheme Todd Gurley into a few early successful runs, give Jared Goff some easy passes, and go from there. It's easy to say, but if it's loud and, as Breach pointed out, Goff can't hear and his puppet master can't tell him what to do, he could go south quickly. So I'm all in on the Saints. Uh, Breach, what do you think? I, I mean, those are all solid points. Here's the thing I like about Sean McVay is he, I think he is absolutely one of the smartest coaches in the NFL, which we probably all agree on. And I, I feel like he learns. Like uh, they already played the Saints once. He knows the limitations. He knows what he can and can't do against them. And that first game was in New Orleans, right? Yeah. The 45-35 Saints win. So they already had a taste of what they're going to go up against. Yes, it's going to be a lot louder. Uh, and Wade Phillips is going to learn. He's a smart defensive coordinator. He's going to see what didn't work from that first game. And obviously Sean Payton's going to make his own adjustments. We're going to have this nonstop game of chess going. But I think what it's going to come down to is the same thing you guys said is Jared Goff. I just think that, you know, Sean McVay holds his hand through so much of that offense. And if he can't hear himself think, if Jared Goff can't hear himself think, he's just going to be worse than he already is, which is pretty bad lately. Uh, and so I think the Rams offense is going to struggle in New Orleans. And I'm also leaning Saints like these guys. I hate agreeing with them. Can I not go last next week? Uh, did you ask not to go last last week? Oh, no, that was Nick Costos. Maybe you're like the Nick. You're the Nick of the uh, – you're the Costos of the recap show because he complained about going last. Nick also wants – oh, I'll get y'all's opinion on this. Do, do you – I know, Sean, you listen to the podcast regularly. I know Ryan and John don't. I didn't listen to this past Fridays. Okay, that's, that's fine. But, like, you know the game we're doing with a $1,000 budget or whatever? Well, we yeah. got, we got. I know the game. Okay. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just, I, this is bad. I'm trying to lump you in with Ryan to make him feel better. Um, you know, cause Ryan, I know doesn't listen to the podcast, even like his own draft podcast. It's okay. Do you subscribe you at least? ACLs? Otherwise, no. Do you subscribe and delete at least, Ryan? That would be the polite thing to do. Do you download your episodes? I subscribe. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> he doesn't even know what that means. Yeah, like, yeah, of course what? I do. It works on my Razor phone perfectly. <laughs> You're joking. You have an iPhone 4S. Um, 5S, but go ahead. Uh, at any rate, so I'm curious what y'all's thoughts on this because Nick, uh, we got bloodbath this week making our picks. Um, I think that if you look at the, the standings and, and of course you can follow RJ White, uh, for those standings. RJ post them on Twitter at RJ White one for those people who like, uh, like to follow the podcast. Currently, Nick, uh, RJ is at $920, so he's $80 down. Pete's at 670, so he's down, um, 330. I'm at 375, got crushed this weekend. Ooh. Nick is at 125. <laughs> well, Nick want, th- doesn't think he has enough money to work with. He wants to buy back in and get $500 in budget money for an, an additional $50. You put it, so I guess he had no vote from John. Wait, what, what was the, was there so original it, ruling, no buyback? No, 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 no. We did, we just never discussed it because we didn't think we would lose our balls like we have and we all lost our faces. Uh, everybody, it's, it's $50 in initially to get a thousand dollar budget. Every, it's winner take all. Uh, Nick is proposing, it's like a poker rebuy situation where each person would be eligible for one buyback if they want to do it. Um, 
What's I, the real life consequence of it? There has to be a real life consequence to buying back in. Well, you you're getting half value, so you're getting five hundred. Before you paid fifty dollars and you got uh, five hundred dollars worth of budget. Now you would be um, paying fifty dollars and getting five or getting five hundred instead of a thousand. So he would be have he would have an extra like fifty dollars in real life money invested. Invested right. that would go to the eventual winner, right? But he would. But I uh, think that's okay. Yeah, I mean, but like, don't you think Pete and RJ have to sign off on it too? Like, I'm, I'm yeah, okay with yeah. it too. But like, I mean, if he if he pays fifty bucks more, he's gonna ju- he's gonna leapfrog me in the standings, heading into the divisional round weekend, which means that I have to also pay only you. only at fifty bucks. I mean, I I mean, but if you're RJ and you're winning, you're like, nah. Yeah, and also if you're down eight hundred and seventy five dollars for two weeks, maybe you just need to sit this one out and let <laughs> and let the big boys play. Uh, sorry, sorry, Costas. See that uh, Nick said he was on tilt, and I had to look that up. He, so I know well, that. he says that every weekend. So. Well, know, he, you know, he was he was tilting. I was texting with him. He was tilting. We were big on the Colts. That backfired badly, and the Colts over. So that was exciting. Um, okay. Uh, anything else that you guys want to mention? I have. Uh, I took the AFC. I took the AFC plus three. Last week, did you think that's a good or bad bet right now in the Super Bowl? I thought you were going to say the Pro Bowl. I was like, I don't know about that. Yeah, Jesus, about speaking that. of getting help, pal. You t- t- are, are, are we having a Pro Bowl podcast next Sunday? How's that? I hope so. Uh, well, well two Sunday. Sunday, two Sundays. We can preview it. <laughs> we can podcast during the Pro Bowl. Um. Okay, Ugh. that's it. That's all we, we got. Actually are, we actually are going to have to do that, aren't we? I will be uh, in transit. <laughs> I'll be driving. I think I, we'll do it that night. We're doing it that night. I'll that's, be that, that's what my birthday celebration is with my other family. Yeah, I think I'm watching Rogue One that night. Yeah, Bre- Breach is in, is in a witness protection. That's his witness protection night. Uh, all right, guys. This has been fun. No one wants to hear about our place. Wait, John, I just noticed this. You have a tag on that hat. That's a little weird. Well, first of all, I got it as a present. For and- Christmas in 2013. And so it just hangs up, and I usually don't wear it except for this podcast. So I've never bothered to take the tag off or the sticker off the bill. And that way, if I ever need some gambling money like Costas or some like lunch money, I'll just jump in a store and return it real quick because it has the sticker and tag on it. And it's I'll like get- with it's like the Beanie Babies. If you keep the the tag on, get, it's going to be worth thousands of dollars one day. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. A lot of cheese sandwiches. This is certainly the worst thing that's ever. Happened I mean, this that podcast. should be the big milk take of the week. Keep the. Oh yeah, Sean, big milk take of the week. Hats, people. Got a big milk take of the week. Me? Yeah. Um. No, but while we were recording, I just want to point out the Game of Thrones teaser came out. Yeah. And I have not watched it because we are recording, and I respect the process of the podcast. Meanwhile, Brinson's tweeting about movies with Doug Farrar on Twitter while Breach is talking. So, and since Sean mentioned, I would like to also note that that show is premiering on my one year wedding anniversary. Uh, so I hope that's not bad luck because everything you already have your plans dies in Game of Thrones. Yeah, wow. just dress up. Who are you going to dress up as for your one year anniversary? Daenerys. Uh, There's no weird? such thing as a pro- Daenerys. Third. Why do they always have their ads? Go! So close to a perfect game! Tried it in the last 10 seconds. Alright, let's get out of here. It's been real, guys. I'm gonna delete that. Uh, always fun, fellas. Talk to you next week when there's no football on, but you still have to podcast. You're not getting away from it. Later!